TraceLink's Roddy Martin talks about the agile supply chain credo with Accenture's life sciences and supply chain operations team. That's right now in this special episode of the Patient Driven Supply Network podcast. So uh, Mo, Brad, and uh, Sanjay as the Accenture Health Healthcare Life Sciences Supply Chain Team, welcome to this uh, thought leadership series where we're talking about the agile supply chain credo that we've put together which is pretty exciting because it's really not a technology or a vendor-focused initiative. It was really to blueprint where we think supply chains need to go in the future, especially in healthcare. And what are the core sort of North Star guiding principles uh, that we think the uh, industry is going to need to adopt? I mean, it's been very evident in the pandemic uh, uh, scenario that supply chains, I wouldn't say are broken, but they certainly have gaps. And we could do a lot better at building um, our healthcare supply chain. So without further ado, um, Mo, you introduce yourself. And then if you could just tee up the rest of the team and talk about each of you a little bit about your experience in supply chain. And maybe a, a starting parting thought on what you see in the credo and what you think appeals to you. Over to you, Mo. Yeah, Roddy, thanks. Uh, so my name is Mo Hajibashi. I uh, lead our planning and fulfillment uh, practice within our supply chain and operations organization for strategy and consulting for Accenture globally. And, uh, you know, we've got uh, a team of uh, very senior folks here. I'll let, you know, Brad and, and uh, Sanjay introduce themselves. But, you know, when your point around, you know, supply chains and where they're headed. And frankly, you know, what we're dealing with, uh, with being agile, agile in, the, in the supply chain, or frankly, agile in the value chain, uh, to me, is, is, it's not a new concept, right, that, that really is out there. We've been talking about agility, we've been talking about, you know, ecosystem of value chains uh, that need to be connected in order to solve for optimizing, you know, the entire uh, value chain for specific industries. And what I do see, though, uh, is that the importance of this, uh, in particular in today's times, if you look at the COVID environment that we're in, has been accentuated, right, um, uh, is, is really the ability to be able to respond to different demands that exist in the marketplace. And now the visibility that we have to that specific de- demand down to almost, you know, in certain industries, uh, and and I don't I don't see the healthcare industry being any different. Really getting visibility down to the individual uh, end consumer, right? Uh, in in this case, and getting more customized around the products and services that they need in the marketplace, and essentially building your value chain uh, to address those needs. That's really where uh, I think a combination of things. If you look at the capabilities. Uh, that exist in the marketplace today with, you know, cloud computing and access to information everywhere to the uh, devices that now consumers are able to uh, actually share information, how they're sharing information that we can actually tap into as, as parts of the value chain and essentially now taking that information and feeding it through the entire value chain itself so that we're customizing the services and capabilities that have historically historically been built for, let's say, volume-based uh, uh, distribution, you know, to large masses of, uh, uh, of customers in the marketplace by certain demographics or regions or whatever, now can actually be customized down to the end consumer. And that is the fundamental shift uh, that I think, you know, the credo touches on for sure. And frankly, now every supply chain is trying to solve for uh, is, is being able to have the capabilities to be able to respond to now that changing demand 
uh, at that level uh, uh, versus the large volumes we've been solving for historically. So, Mo, that's really great. And in fact, let me draw out a point you made, which I think is a pertinent one. And, and that is, when I said supply chain, you said value chain. And I think that is the fundamental point. And that value chain, in this case, starts at the patient. And that's really the core epicenter of this whole credo is, you know, how do we re-engineer healthcare end-to-end -end supply chains with the patient at the center? So that's great. So, Brad? Yeah. Hey, thanks, Roddy. It's uh, Brad Pulowski. I lead our supply chain and ops practice in the Northeast. That's part of our strategy and consulting group, uh, you know, have focused primarily on life sciences and consumer goods companies all my career on end-to-end uh, -end supply chain transformations. So most recently, very much on the digital supply chain, intelligent supply chain front, you know, adapting things like analytics, automation, you know, how to, how to really make that a reality. And I guess what, what I would comment on here is, you know, we sit at this point in time that is what I'll call kind of the precipice of realization. At this point, most companies have some sort of digital agenda and have done some sort of, you know, proof of concepts. The, the challenge is, is, is realizing that and truly embracing digital. And what does that mean? And what I like about the agile credo is it helps to push towards making these things a reality. I mean, you could argue, you know, there's the old phrase of analysis paralysis. We're quite frankly in a POC paralysis right now. I mean, who hasn't done an analytics prototype? Who hasn't done an automation prototype or a blockchain prototype? How do you scale that up and how do you make that meaningful and make a meaningful change to the end-to-end -end value chain that Mo was talking about? Because it's, it's one thing to say, I'm going to take my you know, supply chain planning processes, and I'm going to add some automation so that, you know, some of the data gets scrubbed and I have cleaner historical data. But if you want to truly reshape that entire organization so that 50% of the tasks that are being, you know, can be automated and you rethink that entire org and what people are doing, that's a big step. And most companies haven't been able to, to, to really become digital on that front. And I think if you look at some of the tenets of the agile credo, it'll help companies push themselves to truly become digital in that sense. And so I think it's, it's, it's this important tipping point we're at. And in the way companies from, from my experience need to think about this is, the, what's within their control and what's outside of their control. Because what's within their control are things that, you know, talking about truly scaling up some of those digital capabilities. They can stand up an, an analytics organization and break down the walls that exist between business and IT. They can do that themselves. Some of the bigger industry factors, if we talk about, you know, the, the, the healthcare value chain, that may have to come from external factors. You know, the patient-centric supply chain, as we've talked about it for years, is an idea that everybody wants to, to focus on. We know there's going to have to be some regulatory changes to truly realize that vision. So companies shouldn't sit around and wait for those to happen, you know, for us to be able to truly create personalized medicine and get some of that information, you know, throughout the entire value chain instead of it being siloed, but they can still make the changes within their organization so that they're ready for that and more and operate more efficiently in the meantime. So I think there's, you know, what that can be controlled within the four walls, creating more digital and then some external factors that should change as well. Well said. And, and I think, you know, you and I have both been on projects together in big life sciences companies where when we've introduced the idea of, you know, build from the patient back and it's, well, hang on, you know, let's not confuse the business. That's a lot for them to swallow. Nobody says that we're going to suddenly be patient centric tomorrow, but let's at least 
bear the patient in mind as we're designing the supply chain all the way back to suppliers. And I mean, you know, take a leaf out of P&G's book. They designed their whole business from the shelf back to supply. So, you know, what's wrong with that? I mean, Alessandro De Luca is on the panel talking about the credo, was the CIO of, of Procter & Gamble. And he, he's now coined the expression, the patient-driven supply chain. I think I know where he got that from, right? Because it was the consumer-driven supply network at Procter & Gamble. So, Brad, great points. Let me hand over to, to Sanjay. Sanjay, introduce yourself and talk a little bit about uh, your role at Accenture. Thank you, Roddy. Sanjay Srivastav. Um... I lead our uh, personalized medicine uh, center of excellence, uh, specifically cell, cell and gene therapies. Uh, as most of you know, it's a new modalities that are coming in. There's a lot of excitement in the industry around these because they're potentially curative. But with that, actually, it brings a new paradigm on how we think about supply chains. As Mo and Brad both have said earlier, that we've been talking about agile, demand-driven supply chains for a very, very long time. And so have we been talking about patient-centric. So none of that is new, but yet there were, there were challenges for, the, for, our, for life sciences companies to actually adopt and implement those supply chains. But with cell and gene therapies, without adopting those practices, we cannot execute. Because for the truly one, one batch for one patient, supply chain that are truly demand-driven cannot operate in the legacy environment. So what we do and what we are helping with is companies to adopt these, policy, uh, these practices. These practices are evolving and we are helping uh, to drive that effort to get these uh, implemented as quickly as we can. The standards are new, the standards are coming in. Now, besides being um, patient-centric and demand-driven, what is important for cell and gene therapy, and not, only, not just for cell and gene therapy, but also for other modalities is collaboration. Because when we talk about agile and demand-driven supply chains, pharma alone cannot make it happen. It is about network collaboration. It is about providing end-to-end -end visibility to know where the patient is, where the, the product is, and where the cell and tissues might be in case of cell and gene therapies. That's one aspect that we have to incorporate in the patient centricity is the ecosystem participation and each ecosystem partner providing the value uh, to, the, to the system. The second piece that uh, also is part of the credo is the human insights over very strictly automated uh, operations. We all talk about digital automation and making it fully automated supply chains where uh, human interaction may be uh, limited, but at least in cell and gene therapies and, and many other modalities, rare diseases, where patients are truly very, very sick and, and are, are in need for these very uh, innovative medicines, human insight becomes imperative. And we have to often uh, provide that intervention to the supply chains to manage the patient journeys. And so without, um, while digital agenda is important, we need to have human insights on top of that digital agenda to make this work. So I think that's a fantastic point. And I wanna go back to both Mo and, and Brad. And I think, you know, the days of, inside out driven, you know, ERP forecast driven uh, supply chains, we're done, right? And I know that Accenture has a huge strategy around network platforms and being able to connect that collaboration network that you refer to, um, you know, around a, a, a digital platform 
as the augmentation of the end-to-end supply chain. So Mo, maybe let's start with you a little bit about those seismic technology shifts that you see as we go from inside-out transaction-driven to outside-in, as how Lee calls it, you know, really smart, hyper-agile platforms that can support agile operations. Yeah. No, I think, you know, this is, to me, one of the fundamental disruptors that we've seen, you know, in the last, you know, five to 10 years uh, that is emerging. So if you think about technologically, in-memory data processing, right, which is allowing us to process massive amounts of information in in literally seconds, which used to take hours of batch processing time. And, and if you think about what that means from a data ingestion perspective and the ability to manipulate data in fundamentally different ways to solve across so many complex dimensions of what we're solving for in a business and a value chain, that is one fundamental disruptor. Now, that, that simple point alone how that drives in combination with cloud computing infrastructures that no longer do you have to have a system in your four walls you know, to be able to run your entire value chain. You now have the ability to tap into cloud-based infrastructure with this in-memory data processing to be able to get access to all the data points sitting across that entire value chain. Now, the question for companies is, is how am I taking advantage of all that data to solve for what I'm trying to take to market? And, you know, the reality is we were talking earlier about, you know, whether companies are making the decisions, the investments they're needing to make on digital platforms. The reality is it's going to be disrupted either by the companies themselves or new entrants uh, that are that are look at what happened to the retail industry with Amazon. Amazon disrupted that entire industry simply by taking consumer information, standing up a brand new you know, homegrown, essentially value chain to be able to solve those needs to drive a differentiated service. We're not talking about anything much different. And now the types of insights that you can capture down to the patient level, as you're saying here, and then translate that back down to the products that are specific for that specific patient, and then enabling them from a supply chain perspective to manufacture in a different way and fulfill to their specific needs that drive, you know, a very customer-centric or patient-centric uh, approach, that's what's happening. And now the technology is there to essentially do that. And, and I think that's really exciting. And I mean, you know, to, to Sanjay's point, I think, uh, you know, cell and gene therapy or personalized medicine simply can't scale. If you're a massive company and you've invested, no matter how good a job you did of putting in your favorite ERP system, it's just not going to be agile enough to be able to support these, you know, batches of one or community of 10 patients spread across the world and, you know, having to get uh, small doses of, of uh, um, therapies to them. So, yeah, Brad, uh, yeah, what would you say? Well, I, I guess just to pick up one point Mo mentioned, I mean, you know, Amazon, everyone likes to throw that around, but if you don't think Amazon's, you know, coming after health, you're not paying attention, right? They're already here. And, and so, and look at what COVID has brought upon us with the telemedicine you know, spike, right? And, and rightfully so, right? You know, the, the, the whole, you know, experience with doctors, you know, the, the, it's just one of those that needed to be disrupted, you know, months, weeks and months to get an appointment. And then, you know, you'd have to sit, you know, spend four or six hours just to see a doctor. Now you can just log on and talk to somebody and, and get a prescription in a matter of 15 minutes. Well, guess what's coming right behind that is the Amazon shipment to bring it to your door. 
right? So, so if, if we think that the, the rules and the disruption aren't in this industry already and going to accelerate, I, I think you're, you're going to be in trouble. So you've got to be willing to challenge your norms because the disruption is here and it is going to accelerate. I, I think one of the, if you come back to some of the technologies, one of the kind of eye-opening aspects of uh, when, when blockchain was first being considered, and a lot of it was being you know, considered around the track and trace side, et cetera, one of the reasons I think companies struggle with blockchain is it was fundamentally opposed to the way companies were set up in terms of data management. The whole theory, you know, simplifying it way down, of blockchain was everyone has access to all the same information. And if you think about how companies are set up, it is the complete opposite. It is, I hold on to my data and I'm going to give it to you on my terms. And then the next, you know, partner is going to do the same and pass it along, pass it along. So blockchain, you know, kind of came up against this brick wall, which was kind of these corporate uh, barricades that prevented the sharing that everyone acknowledges would make the end to end process much more streamlined, but for reasons that weren't necessarily for optimization or even safety, just a matter of, hey, it's my data, I want to hold on to it. That's what slowed that down. So it kind of brought to bear what some of the realities are. And so I, what I would challenge companies to do is think about those barricades you have even within your four walls. If you talk about, you know, change control when you get a, you know, formula change to a product, how many steps does it take to get that through and out to a product on the market, right? And, and are those really necessary? So before you even want to break down the walls that would allow you externally to get to a true patient-centric supply chain, you got to break down the walls internally because I guarantee you between R&D, between manufacturing, between supply chain, between market, there are so many barriers to just kind of proliferate a change control through that you've got work to do now so that you're ready to truly you know, become more end-to-end -end and patient-centric. Fantastic point. And, and if you think Pullpack was a full philanthropic exercise by Amazon, think again, right? I mean, exactly. I've had some insight into where that's going and, and it's kind of really interesting. I mean, the article I wrote on Amazonification of supply chains is alive and well. And, you know, I, uh, I spend probably do a third of my grocery shopping on Amazon and I know when I place the order and I know when it's going to be delivered at my door. So great points. So Sanjay, your point. Yeah, I think I'll echo what uh, Brad was saying in terms of breaking down uh, the silos and also the holding on on to the data. We're seeing that in cell and gene therapy as well. Um, as, as many, all the companies are building the supply chains in silos and creating technologies, the, the portals that are creating a fragmentation in the marketplace that is creating a huge burden on the hospital systems when they have to cater to different supply chains for, for single therapy because all of these centers are multi-therapies. The se second aspect um, internally, as Brad pointed out, the silo piece is very important in cell and gene. Two considerations here. One is that the, you know, when you talk about manufacturing um, in, in supply chains, traditionally the metrics and the process controls were all about product quality. And, and how do we manage that? Here in Cell and Gene, when we, we are administering live drugs into the patients, every variable in manufacturing impacts how outcomes to a different degree. And we need to do sensitivity analysis to understand which variable impact the most on the outcomes. Therefore, breaking down the, uh, the silos from a commercial medical affairs to access the clinical outcomes data and bring it back to the um, manufacturing to do the meta-analysis and analytics is going to improve manufacturing operations as well as identify the patients that's going to benefit the most from the therapies 
to be able to do patient stratification as an example. You know, and, I, and I think that's, that's very, uh, that's, those are very good points. And in fact, that's why I think in the, you know, I hate to say the old days, but, but in the past, we got consultants to implement an ERP and we said, get on with it, call us when you're finished. Well, that's just not the case anymore. And I think the point you make is you have to go and do this network analysis with specialized uh, um, management consultants and teams like Accenture who really know, uh, you know how to think about the value stream, right? Because this is not deploying technology. This is about a fundamentally new operating model for the business. It's, it's not just, you know, we're going to engineer our business to work like our ERP system says that we're going to operate. So, you know, really good point. And I think we, we spent a lot of time with a lot of the input on the credo focusing on, you know, augmenting people with systems, not using systems to drive people like robots, because that is really not the idea. So in closing, because, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, at the end of our time, you know, one point recommendation point from each of you on, you know, if you were sitting in front of a, a, a senior C-level executive at a life sciences company and they said, hey, what do we make of this credo? You know, what would your piece of advice be to them? Because obviously it doesn't say go and do this tomorrow. It says you've got to change your mental model. So Mo, let's start with you. Yeah, and I think, you know, Roddy, what, what's so nice about the credo, and, and it's what we're out telling our clients is, you know, there are investments that everybody's making. There's no question of that. Brad hit on it, but they typically seem to be very tactical investments to prove out capabilities and very specific points. And in many cases, we're not necessarily tied in to an overarching vision or strategy, meaning what is the North Star? that you're actually you know, migrating towards. And then all your investments and initiatives need to be essentially stepping stones or building blocks to achieve that vision. They, you know, it, it's, it, it seems a little bit loose. So my, my you know, coaching would be establish a clear vision. That vision may change based off of the learnings of the investments you make over time. You will not transform in, 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 you know, in, in a month or two months or even you know, a year. This is, a, you know, massive transformation for most companies. But the point is to set up a North Star, a clear North Star, and then lay out your roadmap. And then that is going to be a flexible roadmap to achieve that goal. Great. And I mean, that's not a, you know, six month project, right? This is something that you need to take on as a transformation initiative top down in the organization. So great points, Mo. Brad? Yeah, you know, my, my advice to C-suite would be you know, disrupt yourself before you're disrupted. You know, you don't want to be on the receiving end of the disruption. You know, you can look at various signals, whether we talk about the end-to-end -end value stream and patient centricity, talk about competitors like Amazon. We can talk about, you know, CVS and Aetna. The signals all, are all there. And there's a lot you can control immediately. And, and you want to do that disruption to yourself. So, so, and I think one example of that, just if you look at the heart of what we're talking about in, in true patient centricity and some of the personalized medicine that Sanjay talked about, it, it comes down to, to cycle time, cycle time of, of manufacturing. And that's something you can control today. You could put in a, a bunch of initiatives to reduce that, to have better visibility, to, to streamline your operations. And again, it's better to do that to yourself now than to have the market forces tell you, you need to do it immediately because you're getting disrupted. So disrupt yourself would be what my advice would be. Great point. And I think when you're operating as a network, you know, to most point, you, you can actually all collaborate and share data. When you're working as one long stream of integrated systems, 
passing data from one partner and one you know mode of the supply chain to the next you're never going to get there so i think your your point of disrupt yourself is you know how do we operate as a network let's figure that out let's put that as the as the uh, the elephant in the room and let's figure out how to get that done so great point thanks uh, brad uh, sanjay yeah i think um both mo and brad have said uh, a lot of good points and what i would say is to add to those two is simply one thing embrace the change because we are in a new paradigm and what we are seeing and what is important for these organizations and it has to come from c suite is the change the the change management aspect to it um embrace what patient centricity and network collaboration is about supply chain and and push it down to the organization so that we can actually operate in that manner and be, go beyond being a drug supplier to being a truly a partner to the patient to our customers and and to to our partners fantastic so you know with that thank you very very much mo brad and sanjay this has done absolute justice to having you break the ice on uh, uh, a partner of tracelinks talking about the agile credo i think every point has been insightful it's been content rich Uh, and I really appreciate the time that you've given up to to do this with us. So thank you very much, uh, and let's call it a day. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bye. Thank, thank you, Rally, for sure. setting this up. Bye. Bye. Bye.